Church, I don't know how it happened, but today is the last Sunday in June. (laughs) Where did the time go? Summer is officially here, and as a pastor, don't think I don't know what this means. It means that I might not be seeing some of you that much in the weeks ahead. And now let's be clear, church, we're going to keep doing this every Sunday. You're welcome to join us all summer long. I hope you do, but, but I know, I know. I know how it works. We have summer trips and travels planned, family reunions, extra days off, and the beach is just so close, isn't it? It's all right. I'm not here to judge. Church attendance does tend to drop off when July rolls around, but that means that today's sermon better be good. And so, I've got a word from the Lord for us this morning, a message that I think we need to hear as we head into our summer trips and travels. Our text for the day will be that first reading from Job chapter 38, and the title of this sermon is Zoom Out. Please pray with me. May the words of my lips and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. All right, let's get right into it. Turn with me to Job chapter 38. It's page 447 in the Old Testament if you're using the Pew Bibles. Uh, You can also pull it up on your cell phone, or if you brought your own Bible, that's great too. That's great too. And what we're going to do, you're going to want to leave it open because we'll come back to it a couple times during uh, during this sermon, but we just need to look at that very first verse, Job chapter 38. Verse 1, it's, it's so quick you might miss it. It says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Now you might not have really heard it or paid attention to it when we had the reading earlier because then God goes on to say a whole bunch of stuff after that. But God answers Job out of the whirlwind. And now let me explain why this is significant. This is the 38th chapter in the book of Job. Way back in chapter 1 and chapter 2, Job loses everything. His health, his wealth, his children. And so then the rest of the book, the chapters that follow that are Job and his friends trying to process and figure out what's happened. There's a lot of prayers. There's a lot of arguing. And finally, in chapter 38, God speaks to Job. And the scripture tells us that God speaks to Job out of the whirlwind. God speaks in lots of different ways in the scriptures, as we know. God speaks through prophets and through angels. Once he speaks through a talking donkey, that's a whole other story. God speaks through stillness. But here in chapter 38 of Job, God speaks from a whirlwind. And now a whirlwind, right, is this weather phenomenon, we probably have heard about it, where columns of air are rapidly swirling and blowing in a cycle round and round, and there's bursts and blows churning out of the center of this force. And then in Job, from this churning, swirling, twisting weather pattern, we hear the voice of God. Now, think about this. Think about the last time that you found yourself in a really difficult moment in your life. 
Maybe it's right now. Maybe it was a couple of years ago. Doesn't matter. But my guess is that when you were in that difficult space, it wasn't just one thing that was causing you to feel abandoned or or, or sad or, or burdened. My guess is that it was one thing after another. It wasn't just that you lost your job or that a loved one died. That's not usually how these things work. Usually it starts with just something small and then it builds and builds like a set of waves, one after another after another. First, you get in a spite with your spouse. Then something really stupid happens at work. And then you have some unexpected senses. And then tragedy hits. And you're tired and beaten down. It's like a whirlwind. Columns of frustration and grief and pain and stress often find a way to hit our life all at the same time, one after another after another. But church... The scripture says that it's in the whirlwinds that God speaks. In the darkest moments, in our moments of desperation, that's when God not has abandoned us. That's when God promises to show up. God speaks to Job out of the whirlwind. And that small line in the 38th chapter of Job needs to be a reminder to us that God will show up in the midst of our whirlwinds as well. And now let's look, this is the fun part, let's look at what God actually has to say from the whirlwind, okay? It's not what you might expect. Hopefully you still have your Bibles open. Look with me at verse 4. God says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know, or who stretched the line upon it? Okay, clearly. This isn't one of God's most tender and caring moments. Job has been crying out to God for 38 chapters, lamenting his situation, and God has been silent. But finally, finally, God speaks, and God's response is sarcastic. (laughs) Did you lay the foundation of the earth? Did you determine the measurements of the world, huh, Job? Did you? But the message here isn't that God is some sort of easily annoyed deity. The message, church, is that when we find ourselves in the midst of a whirlwind, we need to zoom out. Look at the foundations of the earth, God says. Look at all that I have made and given to you. Don't focus just on your struggles, Job. Zoom out and see all that God has done for you, all that God is capable of, all that God is still doing. You see, the thing about a whirlwind is that it has a tendency to suck everything in. As the wind swirls and blows, all sorts of items get absorbed into the vortex. We've seen this in pictures and movies. Do you remember, do you remember the movie Twister from the early 90s? Right, even the cow gets picked up and pulled into the vortex. That's how whirlwinds work. They pull everything inward. And it's the same way with these metaphorical whirlwinds that I've been talking about. When our life is hit with one tough moment after another after another, we can quickly get to the point where all we see is our own despair. The only thing we can think about is how difficult our lives have gotten, how painful the situation is. But in moments like these, God stands beside us and gently whispers, zoom out. We've got to zoom out and remember 
all of this world rests in the hands of God. We've got to zoom out so that we can see that even though it all feels out of control, God is still in control. We've got to zoom out and recognize that our struggles and problems will not last forever. We've got to zoom out so that we can remind ourselves that even in death, God has claimed victory. No problem is bigger than our God. But now, church, there's, there's a really practical point to this message of zooming out as well. As I've said, we've, we've got to zoom out to remember all that God has done and all that God has promised us. But zooming out isn't just something that we need to do when things are falling apart. And I've got to keep that in mind, that some of us sitting here in the church today need to hear that word that God is with them and that God will get them through the difficult situation. But, but some of you are on summer vacation and everything's going great. And you need a word from the Lord as well. And so hear this. The truth is that oftentimes when things are going really good, that's often the situation when we are most apt to forget about God altogether. You got your promotion. You bought a new car. Your haircut is on point and they're playing your song on the radio. One good thing after another after another. It's a whirlwind of good fortune. And usually a whirlwind of good fortune can cause us to zoom in because it's still a whirlwind. When things are going really well, we will completely forget about who God has called us to be and how God has called us to live because after all, everything's working out. What do you need God for? And this is why those who are incredibly wealthy are often also the least generous. They've become so focused and zoomed in on all their money and possessions that they've lost the ability to see the real needs that exist outside themselves. It's all about them, all about getting more and then holding on more tightly to what they already have. But you know what God says? Zoom out. Zoom out. We must constantly challenge ourselves, church, to look at the big picture. We have to look at the picture of what God is doing in the world and the big picture of the needs that are all around us. When it comes to our money, our possessions, our abilities, church, we've got to zoom out. Think bigger. Dream more. Our time, our talents, our treasures, all of it's a blessing from God, a blessing that is meant to be shared. God just didn't give you that raise so that you could keep it to yourself. God didn't give you that beautiful voice so that you could just sing in the shower. God didn't give you all that free time so that you could watch Netflix until your computer overheats. Not that that's happened to me. (laughs) Evil forces will take blessings from God and turn them into a whirlwind. A whirlwind that pulls us in and causes us to keep all those blessings to ourselves. When that starts to happen, you better believe that God will find a way to speak from your self-centered whirlwind and tell you to zoom out. Look around you and see all the ways that your money and your talents and your time could be used to serve the mission of God in new and vibrant ways. Now, you probably didn't realize it when I started this sermon, but I'm guessing you figured it right now. Yep. You walked into a stewardship sermon. Uh oh. <laughs> Funny how that works, and we plan it the summer before the Sunday before y'all take off for the summer, right? Here's the thing. 
you might feel like I tricked you because I took so long to get to the stewardship portion of this, right? You've been nodding along and saying amen, and now you're not so sure. But here's the thing, church. Every single sermon I preach is actually a stewardship sermon. Every time, even if I don't say it explicitly, I'm reminding you about the blessings of God in your life. That's why it's called good news. That's why it's the gospel. I've told you about grace and forgiveness and the never-ending guidance of God. I've told you about all that Jesus has done for us and about how the commandments are actually gifts and about how God improvises with our mistakes in every sermon. I try to make us all a little bit more aware of how much God has done. And every sermon, I try and help each of us, myself included, to just zoom out a little bit more and see the blessings that are all around us. And that's why every sermon is a stewardship sermon. Zoom out and notice how you've been blessed. Zoom out and notice how greatly you are loved. Zoom out and see how much God has given to you and how you can give that to others in need. Every week since I've been here, and spoiler alert, every week this summer, we will gather here to pull ourselves back from our self-centered ways. We'll gather to move beyond whatever might be sucking us in so that we can see the goodness of God again. So what is it, church? What is it for you that's got all your attention these days? What's consuming your thoughts? What whirlwind is pulling you into its vortex? Today, I invite you to look beyond that, to move beyond that, Grow, don't shrink. Share, don't cling. Give, don't hoard. Zoom out and share your blessings just as God has generously and unendingly shared blessings with you. Amen. Amen. Amen.